Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFT. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is moving the digital You have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the Blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keene. For today's interview, we have Chris, also known as I Create Life on Twitter, who is an AI educator and AI consultant. We have been talking about AI a lot recently, and it's only fair to bring on an actual AI expert to talk about this and really dive deep in into the world of AI and learn more about AI. So without further ado, Chris, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Yeah. Michael was pumped to invite you. Michael, I'll let you talk about it. Michael's just been... No, it's all good. Yeah. No, like I said, when we went... When... When Chris first popped on, I'm starstruck. You've been, it's been so fun to follow your journey. As I've been getting into AI, you were one of the first people that came across my feed. I was following you, I think at like 10,000 followers. All of a sudden I'm looking now you have 41,000. It's been going crazy. And that's only over the last like six weeks. That must be pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's true. I wish I joined Twitter community earlier because I did have my Twitter account since yeah. 2014, <laughs> but I wasn't using it until two months ago. And then I started using it more actively and just found this incredible AI community. And yeah. I just can't get enough of it. What do you think uh, got your account to pop like that? Did you do anything specifically or is it just your reputation? So, okay, I'll start from the beginning. I actually tried to use my account somewhere around November last year. I came to Twitter and it's been a while. Like I had my account for so many years because I was doing journalism in the past. And if you are a journalist, you have to be on Twitter. So I was on Twitter. I had like a thousand followers who were mostly my classmates, my professors from my journalism course and other people I met through journalism. So I wasn't really using it because I was doing photography and I was doing other things. So I didn't really have to post anything on Twitter. I was mostly using Instagram. And then uh, last year when I started using uh, AI quite actively, I made a kind of an attempt to go on Twitter because I was doing a lot of copyright activism in AI space. And <laughs> I was told that my lawyers are on Twitter and they're tweeting about me. And I thought, well, I need to go and see. So I went on Twitter and uh, after two hours on Twitter, I deactivated my account <laughs> and I thought I will never, ever come back. It's like dark place of internet where everyone hates me. <laughs> and for 29 days, it was deactivated. And if I didn't forget about, like if I forgot about it, it would be deleted. But like the last day, I, I just came back and I thought, well, I'll resurrect it. 
and uh, I returned my Twitter and still like there was a lot of NCI messages and a lot of uh, quite negative messages that kind of like decided that I'll just push through and I will just be there and try not to read comments like anti-AI comments and hateful comments about me. But I didn't expect that there is such a great AI community there. It almost felt like it was me, my attackers, and few of my journalism professors who were just like liking occasionally the stuff I write. <laughs> and uh, for I think December was extremely hot. It was the worst month for me in terms of anti-AI attacks because I was published a lot. And every time I would get published, it would just be a wave of those messages on all of my social media and my email and with my home address. Let me let me ask you what kind what kind of attacks like uh, attacks about AI, like AI is going to destroy the world, you're destroying the world, or personal attacks? It was mostly personal attacks really? because I used to work as a full-time photographer. My career was in a photography mm -hmm. space, and uh, there were a lot of photographers who knew me, and they weren't happy. And on top of that, obviously, strangers who, for some reason, took their time, went on my Instagram and would write a very long comments that will not age well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I keep them all. I, I used to kind of delete, hide them now. I'm like, this is history. I need to keep them. <laughs> I treasure them. So now I treasure them and I'm like, okay, I get less and less of those, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. This was the first week, actually where I did not receive any harassment message on any of my social media and email. I'm thrilled. So photographers, a lot of photographers were very upset with you that you were using AI, recreating images, whatever it is. I think at first it was more like I used to do very like traditional art. I used to build sculptures with papier-mâché and whatever stuff I could find. Mm -hmm. I used to take photos with this props uh, using smoke and light and I was using Photoshop a bit quite a bit but mm -hmm. a lot of my work was like no Photoshop and I took pride in being able to create surreal images without Photoshop at all it was almost like two extremes first one was no Photoshop but mm -hmm. it looks like out of this world and no one can believe it was shot in my room and another extreme was like a lot of Photoshop, <laughs> like so much, like every every single pixel is Photoshop. So I feel like I put a lot of work into my photography and then all of a sudden I started generating images and posting them on my Facebook about a hundred times a day. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just couldn't stop myself. I loved it so much. I was so inspired I, I really wanted to share and I think people around me thought it's lazy it's not like they didn't actually attack me at first about theft or anything like this because at the time I think people didn't quite understand how these models were trained it was more like 
It just you write a text and you get an image and this is not enough right. effort. But then it progressed and it wasn't just photographers. I'm not saying that. It was like mm-hmm. I felt like the entire world who did not like or were scared about AI. But I think things are getting better, much better. People get used to it more. There is more talks about ethics. There is now we have commercially safe trained model and like people are training models from scratch and um, people are a little bit getting around that, I think. Yeah, I hear that. It definitely takes time. I feel I'm actually kind of in that boat right now where you are, where I want to share a million things. I'm like, like you said, you're inspired. I mean, I'm constantly... In our Discord, in a private Discord. I've started to share a little bit, but like I want to share a lot more. I don't want to, I don't want to kill people. But I also I feel a little bit like uh I've spent the last two years making friends with all these artists and these amazing artists that have spent their whole life, and I've never been able to to make art. And I feel a little bit like if I'm putting stuff out there, like this is art, I'm an artist. I'm not like saying that, but it, it definitely has like I feel like some people might think it's cringe. I don't know if anyone else relates with that but like i mean i love sometimes when they pop up and the stuff i create it blows my mind a lot of the the images that that come out of it um i have so much fun i mean i'm i'm doing hundreds a day right now probably to be honest with you i really am like the end of last month i was four dollars for another hour four dollars for another hour four dollars for another hour so it's uh it's good stuff i hope you share more i really hope you will share more and just you know I was thinking about that. I went through every phase of art that I could possibly think. Like when I was a kid, I was making stuff. When I was an adult, I was making stuff in like different mediums. And I do remember when I started using Photoshop a few years ago, a lot of photographers who were journalists, they told me, you will never get employed if you put the stuff out because people will think you Photoshop your stuff and if you're a journalist, it has to be like a hundred percent raw. And I mm. thought about it back then. And I thought that the the problem isn't those tools. I think the problem is a bit of transparency that say if I create a fine art piece and I'm very clear that it's Photoshop, no one is going to say, okay, this dragon is real and Christina met this dragon in New York. Everyone will be like, Yeah, this is clearly Photoshop. But If I take a picture and I kind of alter it and then I sell it to a newspaper and they publish it like it was real, that's where problems start. And I think that that can be solved with transparency. And there are now organizations that try to kind of bring that transparency into AI as well. So I feel it's just temporarily thing that will be solved as we learn more about this technology. Yeah, I think so. Were you trying to hop in there for a sec, Jenny? Oh, I was just going to say um, y- you should change your bio to AI artist. I do feel like like you shouldn't feel Me? like... Me? I should? Yeah. Like, because you <laughs> always are are like creating art with AI. And I also feel like like you shouldn't be like, oh, I can't claim that title because like... You know, I'm not like a real artist. I'm just an AI artist. And it's like, you can, you know, you've been creating AI art. Like that's an actual thing. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, you don't have to have like a certain level of experience, like to to consider yourself an artist. I think everyone's, if they tap into their creativity, like they're an artist in their own way. Um, Obviously some people are a lot more experienced than others, but 
Yeah, don't be afraid to claim your title, Michael. Come on. I love that. That makes me remember. Remember, I I, ha- I kind of came up with the title AI native artist. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, so AI like, native artist. because so, I'm not like I had I didn't do anything before. I'm like, look, you know, they have crypto native art artists and all that. So, I guess I'm an AI native artist. I might put that in my nice. bio because I might be the first person to ever put that in there. Let's go. <laughs> that I might do. Yeah, I completely agree with you. That I mean, I agree with you. Uh, Jenny, that it's uh, if we create something, we are an artist. The question is, are we commercial artists or not? But that's another story. There are a lot of artists who are famous and probably dead that never made a penny on their art. And they are not, I mean, commercial artists because they didn't sell their art, but they were still artists and no one questioned that. On the other hand, in terms of AI, I think if you call yourself an artist, it means you use something in a creative way. And it's just the term is so vague that people don't really, they think, okay, what is artist? Is it a painter? Is it someone who just paints? Or is it someone who takes photos and only uses Photoshop to adjust them? Uh, That's an artist. And if they use just photos, Those are photographers, they are not artists, they just click a button. But I think if we define the term artist as anyone who is being creative, it really is any of us. Like any any child is an artist, no one questions that for some reason. Like no one would say, no, this kid is not an artist. No, it's like when you are born, you are an artist. So I don't think that ever changes. So if you need to put it out there, you can, and people will believe you because it's one of those things. It's like self-assigned. You don't have to do a test to get a certificate. Or if if you're a doctor, you have to, but if you're an artist, you don't really have to. That's so true. Yeah, you can't just claim, oh, I'm a doctor. But yeah, you can kind of like claim I'm an artist, you know, if people aren't going to question you. And and obviously you could go to art school and stuff, but that's I feel like that's not even the route that most artists or like famous artists take like people don't think about that like oh do you have a degree in art like you know it's yeah I feel like if a degree in art it's more like if you want to be an arts professor yeah but I probably wouldn't put arts professor in my bio (laughs) but other than that it's like yeah cool I love that Let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about, is it Zarya of the Dawn? Is that how you pronounce the first name? Yep. Cool. So you copyrighted, you you created a comic book. Uh, we'll talk about the process, but I think pretty much all with AI. And you actually sent it into the copyright office. They approved it. And then what happened? Other people complained to them? So what happened was I created only images using AI because at the time when I was making it, there was no chat GPT. Believe it or not, there was a A world before chat (laughs) GTP. What? There was GPT-3, but it wasn't good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So no one was using it much apart from selective few who figured out how to use it, but it wasn't cool. So it was like, yeah, I wouldn't use it for writing a comic book. Besides, I did have a story that I wrote a couple of years ago. So I just visualized that story in the form of a comic book generating images with me journey. 
And then um, I got really involved with Facebook community. There, there was a nice community, but like at the very beginning, it, it still is kind of like lots of things happened over there. Unfortunately, the founder of the biggest group just passed away a um, mm. couple of weeks ago. Um, which is really sad. But like at the at the beginning of this like AI generated revolution, he just started this group, uh, which changed its name like five times, but it's now half a million of people community. So I shared my comic book back there and I would share one page a day and I would share all my prompts and all my process. And people kind of started being really supportive of that. And it wasn't a lot of people, but it was maybe like 80 people who were like super supportive and uh, writing nice stuff to me we became friends we still are friends and then at the same time the group was growing and of course a lot of people who don't like AI joined that public group and they started trolling each other people who love AI and I remember I started getting a lot of comments saying oh this is waste of time because it's not copyrightable. You can never publish and sell it because it doesn't have IP. And at the time, I knew nothing about copyright. I'm not a lawyer. Mm -hmm. It's been only six years since I moved to the US. So I didn't even know because I lived in the UK. And in the UK, there is no such thing as the copyright office. There is no office like that. People believe if you made something, you have copyright just by default. So there is no way to go somewhere and copyright it as long as I know. Maybe things will change. But when I moved here, I was so surprised. I was like a copyright office, like for real. And then I went to a website. It was very outdated website. But I thought how hard it may be to just copyright like 17 pages of my comic book. I googled a bit of info how to copyright a comic book. And I did the best I could. I specified it was digital work. There was nowhere where I could write more explanation because I would. I would say which what I mm -hmm. used, but there, there was nothing. So I thought, okay, digital work it is. And then also on the cover of my comic book, I wrote me journey in really yep, big I saw form. that. Yep. So it wasn't like I was hiding it. I didn't try to mislead anyone. I was pretty sure that every person heard about Midjourney by now. It was all over the news, like everywhere. So People I still was... don't know it. People still don't know it. I yeah, talked to well, people, they still don't know. That is something I knew after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, I got copyright in four days, which really surprised me because I was like, whoa, that was fast. And then I wrote about it on social media and I showed my copyright number so people could check like you can check your work if it was copyrighted it's like a public a public uh, record and then for like one month I was giving interviews every single day about it and then in about a month and a half I got a very long letter that from the copyright office and apparently there was a journalist and as long as I know he was from the Washington Post Mm. And he reached out to the copyright office and asked about it. And the copyright office had no idea. So they sent me a big letter asking me to send them 
a very kind of detailed uh, explanation how my work was created for them to decide how to proceed. And uh, I was a bit lost because I just started my new job. I was uh, head of AI product and it was a very responsible position. So I was like, I don't really have time. I was working like 14 hours a day. So I didn't have time to write a detailed letter besides I generated like 3000 images because it was mid journey version three. It was mm. bad. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like now you put one sentence and you get beautiful images. It was like you spend an hour to get one decently looking image that you want. So mm. And I wrote on social media. That's what I usually do when I'm in trouble or when I don't know what to do. I write on social media and ask people what they think I shall do. And um, right away, moderators of MidJourney official Facebook group, they reached out to me and they said, do you want us to contact MidJourney? Because they apparently know uh, how to contact MidJourney. And I said, yeah, that will be nice. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a lot of trouble because of this work. So they contacted me journey. And after that, in a couple of days, I got an email and general counselor from me journey. He's like a lawyer. He said that uh, me journey is offering me to cover like my lawyer expenses. So the lawyer would help me write a letter. And at the time, I was like, whoa, that will be so great if someone helps me write a letter. Um, if it was now, I would probably do something differently. I would probably ask internet for a pro bono lawyer to be completely mm-hmm. independent. But at the time, I didn't have a lot of following no one really knew about me apart from those interviews I gave. And I I kind of felt really down because I was like, I copyrighted the first thing and then it's about to be taken away. So what is going to happen to my reputation? So I agreed. I was like, yeah, sure. Like, give me a lawyer and let, let him help. And then... Um, it was still really complicated to, to gather all the information. So I, la- I asked my community and about 50 people spent time looking through my archive, putting together all those documents and helping me create a document about my process because I was working without days off for like mm-hmm. two months. So the community helped me. My journey's lawyers helped me write that cover letter, and then we sent it out to the copyright office. And then it took maybe three months for them to respond. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe two months, but it felt like a very long time because every two weeks, some news agent would write about how my copyright got canceled. And I would contact my lawyers and they would be like, it's fake news. Nothing happened. There are no updates. But every single time it would happen, I would again get this wave of haters writing me. And then also this mad love from the community saying how sorry they are. And I would have to explain to everyone that Nothing happened. We're still waiting. There is no news. And it's been like a roller coaster for this whole time of me waiting for a response. And then when response came, something also interesting happened because 
different newspapers reported it differently. For example, the Wall Street Journal said that I won and kept my copyright, but images were excluded. But I still hold copyright for my comic book, which is true. On the other hand, some newspapers reported that I lost and completely kind of forgot that I I do Mm. still hold my copyright, but they was like, she lost, images aren't copyrightable, AI is waste of time. And I was like, where does this come from? It's not really true. And it's so easy to check. It's a public record. So it was a bit like going back and forth with different big, famous news agents to tell them how it really is and to just ask them to report it as it is, not Mm -hmm. as like clickbait sensational thing because every clickbait every sensational thing resulted in me being harassed brutally online and honestly my address everyone knows my address now thanks to the copyright office who publishes as the public domain mm-hmm. and I was like honestly with so much harassment and the newspapers reporting it as fake I was a bit concerned. I was like, well, it's kind of, shall I move now? What is going to happen? But thankfully, nothing bad happened. Uh, Also, I got some gifts in my, (laughs) at my place, because I think law students were the ones who were mostly like, interested in this case so they would send me like thank you cards and like comforting messages uh, to to my address which was like so unexpected because I was like it's kind of a good thing but it's a little bit creepy because Mm -hmm. I didn't share my address and I didn't know if you register for a copyright your address becomes public domain yeah. Um, yep. That's pretty wild. Uh, what you were talking about, and you, we've talked a lot about kind of the haters and the hate you get. I was reminded of a quote from an old friend of mine. And just you could always think of it when you get hate. And it says, if you don't have haters, you ain't popping. So, <laughs> the oh more haters God. you have, the better you're doing. They're going to come. They're going to come. Right then. <laughs> yeah. You're popping. You're popping right now. They're going to come. Oh God, I I I I don't know. I was always feeling like, gosh, if you have good intention and you really try to live your life good and you do like good deeds, you're nice to people, you're honest, like completely open about everything. I thought that would never happen. I always felt like, yeah, you have to do something. No, it's nothing at all. It's like I volunteer with homeless people here in New York, and believe it or not, we volunteer on the street. They're like literally people sleeping on the street in completely bad way, like elderly people sometimes, sometimes people like with disability. They would be someone passing by telling us that we do the wrong thing. Like you're enabling this behavior, you're like horrible, like... And I was like, oh, gosh, it's like literally no matter what you do, yep. if you do something 
there will be someone who misunderstands it, I guess. That's the truth. That's definitely a good way to look at it. And uh, another suggestion, do you know about UPS stores where you can go to a UPS store and you get like, you can get an address. It's like a real address and a box mm. and you can use that as kind of your mailing address, your public address. And if, if you're in New York, I there's probably one that there. works with, with official, with official with letters like that. that what, I know, what I know now is that if I had a lawyer back then, they could have done it in a way that no one would see my address, but mm. would see like a law firm address. But I yep. didn't have any lawyers back right. then. And right. Uh, right now, I actually do have different lawyers. I changed my lawyers because I decided to keep going in the copyright uh, case. But I really wanted lawyers who aren't really connected to any big company just to make sure that it's independent and it's it's my interests and the way I view things. So I have pro bono lawyers, which means they are for free because of um, this case is of a public interest. And it's not this comic book anymore because I moved on. Mm-hmm. I made um, another comic book using only free tools that people use and um also kind of tried to use more of my creativity, more of my drawings, and to show the copyright office that it is a creative medium and it is art. So we will see how that goes. Mm. Where can we read your stuff? Where can we read your comics? All Twitter. (laughs) Everything is now about Twitter. I do have a website. But my website is very minimalistic. I post there my tutorials. My helpers, explainers, I did not post any comic books in there. I just post like educational material there and make it as easy as possible for people to find. And the website is called chris.art. Nice website. I like that. Nice Thank you. I mean, I wish I wish I could have chris.ai, but mm-hmm. that's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually literally was on GoDaddy earlier today and looked up Keen.ai, and that's gone. But MKeen.ai is available. Nice, get that. Yeah, I think. And now that I said it, I have to buy it before we go live. For someone <laughs> yeah, to snag it. yeah, go ahead. That sounds <laughs> right. like really cool. Yeah, Play I know. Start, start putting some of my stuff out there, a little portfolio. Yes, yeah. Cool. Mm. I'll visit that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that for sure. Chris, do you think that that there's a lot of people, because you're very open about, you know, the fact that you're using AI to create your comics and your art and everything. And do you think that there's a lot of people, or maybe not a lot of people, but that there are people out there that are using AI, but just not saying that it's AI? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All my friends. It's all the trouble that, <laughs> yeah, that, that comes with kind of saying that. Oh, I have old friends who at first, they were hating AI. They were like really against that on social media. And then all of a sudden they changed their mind, but they don't tell people about it because they, I was very open sharing about harassment. Um, they were like, they were a lot. When people say like, oh, that's not harassment. It's just different opinion. No, no, we got death threats. We got the poll which was asking people on Twitter if you would punch an AI artist. And it was 30% of people saying that they would. So it was real harassment. It's still going on. 
So I do understand those people who heard my experience that they do want to use AI, but they don't want to be too open about it. And those are quite famous photographers in my circle. And they would send me their results and they would say, look, uh, how to do this, how to do that. And honestly, I can totally understand that. Also, people who make their living, like I have a few friends who are in publishing world and they're like, I can't possibly share what I use, that I use AI because I can see how everyone around me is anti-AI. So I feel like it, it's just nature of it. You know, it's it's the same thing when something is stigmatized and when you can see people getting in trouble, people getting harassed, the reaction, especially if you have kids, if you have family, you wouldn't really put them at risk. I don't have kids yet. I think if I had kids, maybe I wouldn't be so courageous and bold about it. But because I'm like not responsible of any human life, I'm fine doing it. But I do quite understand people who are using it and kind of discreet about it. There are also people who use it in like merchandise. They make T-shirts, they make ups, they kind of sell it on Etsy. There are people who use it in tattoo. They use it as tattoos. And then they say, if I tell people that I use AI, I may get in trouble. So it's one of those things that doesn't really encourage transparency. And I feel that, again, like I said at the beginning, we need transparency and we need people to feel safe about it. Because right now it often feels like AI is a crime. And if you are open about it, you'll be called a thief or you'll be harassed. And then you will be told you're not a victim. You're doing something so terrible. And uh, yeah, it's been hard. But you know, when something like this happens, people who are in a group that's been harassed, they tend to unite. And that is what happened to the AI community. Right now, it's the best community I've ever seen. Everyone is so supportive and helpful. And when I say AI community, I don't mean generative AI. It's just people who are open-minded about it. Usually it's photographers, like traditional photographers who use AI. It's painters who use AI for brainstorming. Or people who understand that AI is everywhere. It's in Google Maps, it's in Photoshop, it's in other tools. So it's like not really fair to harass people who are using it just a little bit more and are open and honest about it. So yeah, I feel like it's an interesting time in history and I know that this will pass. I do try not to take things personally in terms of like... I try not to to hold grudge against people who messaged me with like negative messages a few months ago. I honestly like I don't feel I don't feel bitter towards them. It definitely wasn't pleasant, but I do understand. It's a difficult time, it's a change, it's hard to adapt. But I just realized that all I can do as one person is educate myself, educate others, learn everything I can about ethics, do the best I can um, to use this as safe as possible and promote it and again learn about it. 
kind of care about that. So, and if some people don't uh, kind of misunderstand my intention, then, well, let them be. Very nice. Go ahead, Jenny. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I, it's crazy because I didn't think that people were so against AI art because I also think that people in the NFT space are a little more open-minded because we also get hated on a lot by, you know, like the average Joe. Scam, fraud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think people in the NFT space are definitely more open-minded to AI art. So I haven't seen much hate on it, but I I know it's kind of there and you kind of opened my eyes up to like, oh, wow, this is really, I mean, that's how you know something is really an emerging, you know, technology, something that's like going to change the world because, at first, people hate on it, right? And then they're going to start to use it. Then they're going to start to love it. And next thing you know, it's like you're a hero where in the beginning, you're like a <laughs> villain. So yeah, I, I love that you're very mm. open about using AI and educating people on AI. And like, that's what we need. We don't need people hiding, like making it seem like it's bad and like being shameful about it. Like, I love that you're out there, you know, advocating for AI. You know about NFTs, Um few days ago, I actually learned how to generate NFTs. It's like you write a prompt and it just gives you like nine monkeys in different outfits uh... or like nine frogs in different outfits. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So I posted it. And the comments I got were very interesting. First, I got comments from parents. Those were thrilled. Those were like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make a children book for my kids. I'm going to cut every frog out and it will be in different situations because it's really hard to make a consistent character with AI. So I was like, oh, this is cool. These are not NFTs for them. They have no idea what NFTs are. They just want the kid to have like cute characters in different outfits. And then I got some messages like, I thought NFTs were to support artists and you are just taking it from artists because they are going to use this technology instead of like painting or making those NFTs by hand. They are going to use this prompt and do it. And it was very interesting to me that because I'm not very familiar with NFTs, I thought you support an artist it it's not like give and take. You just support them for whatever they do. I did see some frames from films people were making as NFTs. And I remember I was thinking, how am I going to use this? Like, what am I going to do with them? And then when I thought about it, oh, you are supporting an artist. So it doesn't really mean like what they put out. Maybe they are a spoken poet. So the art is to go out and to have this performance. And maybe what they are minting is like, I don't know, an an AI video with a little bit of the poetry. It doesn't mean that you get a poet in your house and they are going to read you that poem. It's it's like you are buying a book from them, but they're going to sell that book to a lot of people. And that's how they're going to make a living. So from that perspective, I thought, If I build a sculpture and I take a photo of it and I sell that photo to a thousand people, no one will get my sculpture because it's just one in my home deteriorating (laughs) because it's made of garbage because I make sculptures out of garbage. 
no one actually wants my sculpture in their home, to be very frank. It also smiles quite bad. But they just buy that one photo, like borrowing a book or like buying a book. So I thought then, why wouldn't it be okay for me to generate some idea and they will get NFT out of it? So I was thinking about it. I'm still not convinced I shall make NFTs because... I need to learn a little bit more about it, what it is about. And uh, I have a lot of friends who are very successful in that space. And these friends are like artist, artist, like actually draws with that stuff, like makes videos like completely like incredible. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things that I question a lot when I, generated those nfts knowing very little about it just thinking oh this is so cool i can just do those what do you think about the two of you because i want to learn something during this podcast too yes so you created code that you would say give me 10 frogs in different outfits and then it would spit nine nine okay they're adorable right huh? yeah 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 and it was all, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's just, that's a similar concept to the generative art projects, but usually they're like 10,000 pieces or 5,000 pieces. But the NFT doesn't have to be like that. Like you can make NFTs of your actual outputs of your prompts, you know, because Midjourney gives you like it, that it could just be instead of being like a project where it's all frogs and different outfits, you could make the most amazing art pictures you want to take. And sell those as NFTs. You could auction them off. Um, there's really mm -hmm. great tools, really great websites. You know, Manifold comes to mind where you could for free put something out there for fun and see how it goes. Like a piece that you created, put a story behind it, and you could mm -hmm. you could decide to sell. Like they have open edition, quote unquote, where however many people want to buy it, buy it, and you sell them for twenty bucks each. Or you can do a one of one and put it on auction. Or you can make a set of ten of them. And put them at a certain price. There's lots of different options for you to do if you wanted to go that route. Um, I mean, if you wanted to make like a big project of all frogs, you could do that as well. And that's you know, that's absolutely. I only have nine. Right. I'm afraid right. that's all. That's all I've got. And to be quite honest, if you look quite close, yeah, I'm all done. Don't miss a bit of parts. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So when I zoom in, sometimes I'm like, oh, I see. They're little, not yeah. perfect frogs. Right. They're imperfect. Uh -huh, AI uh -huh. That's okay. That's but that imperfect is good. But like <laughs> the the thing I would say is, if you do do like a character pfp type of project people expect a little more from you they expect you mm -hmm. to start a business and and have returns for them oh yeah it's like a whole <laughs> it's like a whole no thing. no no my parents yeah. like if you if you anymore. just sell art if you put it out there as fine art they're not going to expect uh -huh. like that's very interesting Ariel. you see i need i have a lot to learn about uh, nfts because all i know about nfts is copyright issues and IP issues because I go to speak at those conferences mm -hmm. where they are only lawyers and they would be me and the whole panel of blockchain lawyers. Right. The first part, I would just listen to everything about NFT, everything about those like monkeys, bored monkeys stuff. Right. And I would not understand most of it, but then I would, it would be my time to speak and I would just give a lecture 
and that that's it. But I, I learned a bit of copyright and how it's connected with blockchain. You see, I even know a little bit about NFTs, but it was my blind spot because I, I just was so into AI and learning and teaching kind of country that I know everything. I don't think most of these artists are copywriting anything. No, they do not. Yeah. And uh, that's the thing. I, I talked to blockchain lawyers because yeah. I was genuinely curious. And I said, tell me, maybe I don't need to copyright my Zaria. I can just mint it. And he said, well, Christina, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't mean that copyright is irrelevant. It's like disappears. It still exists. Like, technically, you have to have copyright of the thing you mint. And I said, yeah, but people don't. And he says, yeah, because there is 80% of copyright infringement in that space. And when he said that, I was like, yeah, maybe they all think about that copyright thing as I thought when I asked about it. Because in my head, it was like, if you mint it, it's it's kind of alternative to copyright. So you don't need any any copyright registration. But apparently it's not so. And you know, a lot of people usually the only time when you really, really, really need copyright is when you are a business, like say Nike. Mm -hmm. You have a logo, and then some other shop starts using exact same logo, exact same name, and yep. sells stuff. Yep. You're like, oh no, no, no! We are Nike. We own this. And then, for them to be able to go to court in the U.S., you have to have a copyright registration. Otherwise, you will not get any money. You can you can go to court without that registration, but you will not get any mon monetary compensation. Right. The only thing that will happen, they'll ask them to stop doing it. But that's it. If they made like billions of dollars, you're not going to get anything. That's why everyone cares about IP in terms of business, because they want to be able to kind of protect their stuff. But artists normally don't just right. copyright every piece. So, yeah, I did it as a as a kind of test. So I wasn't really like expecting. I didn't sell a single copy. So right. I, I didn't plan to sell it. So Interesting. The funny thing is about Nike, all they, they worry about the copyright. Half the Nikes out there are fake. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And those generative images right. are so good. It's mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> so good. Uh, I heard you on uh, Twitter Spaces. I think it was last week. I forget the lady, but it was a really good Twitter space. Do you go on often or? Uh, no, I go very not yeah. often. First, because I work a lot. Okay. And second, I'm a freelancer now, so I have to work like a lot, mm -hmm. but less than when I worked at startup, but a lot. And also, to be very honest, uh, Twitter is a little bit funny in that way. There are a few people who were really like aggressive towards me, so I blocked them. Yep. But when I go to Twitter space and they are there... Mm. It's like they can still listen and they can still talk and they can still kind of do something. So I kind of was avoiding a few Twitter spaces because I felt like I don't want to be attacked. And um, that particular Twitter space, I talked to the host mm -hmm. and I gave them a list of people who are like... If they show up, get them out of there? Well, I, don't, I didn't say get them out of there. It's kind mm. of freedom of speech. They're free to come anywhere. Anywhere. It's just that they 
they are not a speaker during my when I when I speak and she just promised me to kind of have a safe space for me Mm -hmm. so it it was really nice but you know I can't really explain it to every single person who invites me to a twitter space I'm very very selective when I go I much prefer podcasts because it's much more safe and nice i hear that i hear that for sure i've actually been looking for more ai twitter spaces i've been on nft twitter space for whatever it is a year now and and i'm on there like all day and they're they're starting to get a little bit redundant so i've been switching over to ai and there's some small ones like a group of 10 people we'll be talking about it you should host some you should i can see you starting like once here's what i here's what i was here's what i was getting at so chris your prompt challenge is so perfect for a Twitter space. You get on there, you put out the challenge. People could talk about their progress. They could put their results in the comments, talk about it and all. If you wanted to do that, I would host it. I would happily host it for you. you You'd be it. the star. I'll do everything. I'll I host it. Come sometimes. Okay. Right. Okay. Yours. Okay. I even have a name for it. I have a good name for it. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Prompt in all. Oh, I love that. Isn't that that's a good a name? Because that's, that's like the Twitter thing where they put space. the prompt in all. Yeah. yeah, it's all yours. I'm just going to visit sometimes. Okay, that's what's up. Give me a list of people who dislike me a lot. So. Uh, you give me the list and I will, yeah, I, I wouldn't let anybody. It's not the, It's not a very long list. Okay. It's like short list. Jenny from the blockchain, you know, you're on the list. <laughs> Jenny from the blockchain is the best. <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah, yes, let's go. Quote that. <laughs> we'll make an audiogram. Jenny from the blockchain is the best. Yes. yes. <laughs> nice. So, uh, okay, what else do we have going on? Let's. We're actually coming up on an hour. I'm not sure what your time is. I want to be respectful. Do we have maybe another 10 minutes or so to chop it up? If you have to go, you have to go. I mean, we definitely appreciate your time. This is so much fun. I could honestly go for another hour. I'm about halfway through my questions. No one is going to listen to it for another hour. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We got about 10 more minutes. So let's see. Can you share a couple mid-journey tips and tricks with people? So, well, real quick, if anybody wants to get on mid-journey, you can actually start it and try it for free. You can do it. No, you can't. You can't anymore? No. Yes, you cannot anymore because they canceled trials because people were abusing uh, it so bad. We were just creating uh, accounts and using it for free. So at least that's what I've heard. So, okay. so one of my tutorials is outdated mm. and it's not. No, that's a shame. I've been telling people that. Whoops. Yeah, me too. It's quite recent. I think it's been like a couple of weeks. Okay. And at first they were saying like maybe they will turn back, but last thing i've heard they're not planning mm-hmm. to to kind of return it it's mostly because i think there are so many users now which means you you use a lot of gpu yeah, power yeah, yeah. and if people just cre- keep creating those accounts endlessly uh, it's just hard for them to to do it so they had to cancel that option that makes sense can, now, can you still do relaxed mode for free or no oh yeah, yeah. you can do relaxed no, mode for free yeah, if you have $30 subscription and up, you can do relax mode. Okay, so you still okay. it's a basic account. It's a basic account for $10 where you can't. It's just like 200 images, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. 
And then there are like other uh, subscriptions which are more expensive where you can have relaxed mode. Okay. Unless it changed in past 24 hours. <laughs> no, you're probably right. You're probably more ahead of it than I am. So I, I definitely want to figure out a way because I love because I've onboarded a bunch of people on there, but it, it hasn't been for a few weeks. So it's probably uh probably has changed. But do you have any any like tips or tricks for people as they do get going to, to get yeah to get I mean well you could talk about it any mid journey is kind of the one I use. I know you use a bunch of different ones. Um, yeah, I use them all. Yeah. I, uh, that's actually an advice I'm going to have to all Please. of you that you use more than one platform. I specifically try to use several because right now we don't know what is going to happen. And there are a lot of things going on in AI space. So it is very good to use several platforms, as many as you can actually. Mm -hmm. Especially okay. if the platform is free, if you have a powerful computer, you can have stable diffusion. It's a little bit harder to install, but then you can generate for free. I do use uh, OpenAI DALI for in-painting and out-painting. I do not use it for generation of images because I don't think it's really good. It's not. But for in-painting, I find it way better than stable diffusion. Even when I use stable diffusion with this special in-painting model, it's still not as good. It's kind of okay, it's decent, but I find in-painting and out-painting of Dahlia, it's just really good. Dumb and question, dumb question. What is in-painting and out-painting? So it's like, for example, you get an image and hands are bad. Yeah, okay, Like you have okay. mm -hmm. six fingers. You go to this dolly, you take a brush, you paint out uh, all the hands, and you write a prompt, and it generates the perfect hands. Oh, and this this works good in dolly, so you could take your images from anywhere, put them in there. Oh, yeah. wow. We need this in Photoshop. Whoever is listening to me, if you have any power, we need this in Photoshop because it was so nice. There is a plugin in Photoshop that does that, but it's bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not very good. I installed it. I spent like whole evening trying to make that work from GitHub. And then it was a complete disappointment. And I'm sorry if someone who made it is listening. Maybe I have not updated it. I am happy to give it another chance, but it was not as good as Dali. I, nothing, nothing like this. And then again, like other platforms, uh, there are, um, let me think, Mid Journey, Stable Diffusion, Dali. There is Bing. I have not used generative AI. I only use text in Bing. But in those challenges that we do all the time, people post Bing generations and they are good and they say it's free so mm. i'm i'm i would i would give it a go and then there is adobe firefly which is not commercially out yet right now as we do this podcast so you will get like a watermark and please don't remove it because not compliant right now you can't use it for business you can just play with it like test it leave feedback but the good thing about it is that that was trained on commercially safe model so for example i work with brands i freelance and i work with brands and all brands want firefly because they don't want to be in trouble with not having ip 
they always ask if we can use Firefly. And for now, I have to say no, because it's not commercially released yet. But because we know that eventually it will be, so it is a good idea to learn how to use it, to learn how to prompt it. I would say Firefly prompting is quite close to version 4 of Midjourney. It's very intuitive mm -hmm. and you don't have to write like Unreal Engine and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of kind of gets it. Mm -hmm. um, and with Midjourney, it's kind of using versions that like version 4, version 5. They, they promised version 6 quite soon. So using those, because I also find that different versions give kind of different result and the prompting is a little bit different. So it's good to kind of learn it to be able to produce something. And yeah, as for, as for tips, I like um, challenging myself and others to create something very specific. Like it's, it's not likely that a brand or some company will hire you to create some random image. They will probably hire you to create something very specific. So try to learn how to like, I came up with this number of mock exercises recently and they are non-existent, but they're kind of from my experience of working with brands. It's like give yourself like a pink or a purple triangle and try to put it in different scenes and try to do it that nothing else is pink or try to do it that it's like the triangle of a particular material, like maybe out of glass, out of plastic and try to play with it. Because if some brand hires you, they will probably be either a logo or some kind of item they want in a particular place. And with Midjourney, it's quite limited about like if it's a product, you can't really put it in a particular place. But the truth is you can do it with stable diffusion and just kind of learning how to prompt this very narrow scenarios are quite, quite useful. At least now, probably this advice will not age well, mm -hmm. but for right now. <laughs> no, that's actually really cool because it helps you dial in your skills. It helps you get more what you want to see out of it. That is really cool. Yeah, like more control. You need yep. to learn how to exercise control in AI. And that's why I encourage you to try and use different tools because with in-painting, you have way more control. With stable diffusion control nets, you have way more control. Even with Midjourney, you now have describe and you have blend and you have other functions that you can just play with yep. them to get a very specific result. Describe is really fun. I'll be scrolling through Twitter. If I see an amazing piece of art, I just snag it, throw it into describe, <laughs> change up some of the words. Like it's so cool. Describe is an amazing it is, function. It is cool, yeah. but it doesn't really give you, it doesn't really teach you to write prompts because the way it writes prompts. Right. A few days ago, I had my photo, I put it into describe, I got an, a description, and then I rendered it and I put it out. And people started asking me what those terms mean. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh God, why did I do that <laughs> to myself? <laughs> Yeah, it comes it up with some funny words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like really long, with I would never use it if right, I wrote the prompt. That's right. why now I'm more careful. Like I completely derive that prompt to make sure I understand what is going on. Because it's a nice toy, 
Also, what you can do, you can just feed it to ChatGPT. Well, I actually use ChatGPT. I've had ChatGPT create for like, uh, I found this from somebody on Twitter. I forget exactly who, but basically I created a formula in ChatGPT that's this long formula and it chooses different settings and this and that. So I can just say like, I would like five prompts about the Great Pyramid of Giza and it'll spit out with all these different things, five prompts. Like I could ask for different kinds of colors, different kinds of surrealist ideologies. Mm -hmm. And it'll just, that comes out really cool, but it's obviously not me creating it, but like it spits out amazing images and then it builds on itself yeah, i'll say GPT yeah. is like chat gpt i feel that's what everyone needs to learn because right. that is like generative ai like images and video and 3d it's like very flashy but what people actually use a lot and for work and like where is gpt for yeah gpt that's it's god <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the unlocked modes like the uh what is it? Uh, auto G- Auto GPT. Auto GPT. I did. I'm so disappointed. You're so disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I am so disappointed. Oh, I, really? I recently start. I recently started running, and um, I run a few times a week, and I'm like training, and I was like, oh gosh, now I can optimize everything my running my sleeping my nutrition mm-hmm. my motivation everything with this auto gpt and i put it all in and i was like so like thrilled and just tells me okay we're gonna search google for some running mm-hmm. stuff press enter if you agree and I was like, if I need to press enter, this is not auto GPT anymore. I want it to be like I wrote and right. just give a solution. That's so perfect. But that didn't happen. So I was like, it's a good, it's a good uh, idea. And I think it's a good step, first step towards it. But I think we need a bit more development in yeah. that space until like uh, some some things will happen like really automatically. Um, but I am excited like everyone else. I think it's brilliant to have this idea and to start working on it. Just really waiting one. It's kind of, uh, I, I am almost tempted to like, get into it and try to program it because i do Mm. have a background in software engineering but at the same time i'm like okay i have other things to do and (laughs) other people are Are doing doing it it already i know yeah yeah, for sure yeah way more experienced in coding people so we'll just wait for a month and maybe then there will be real auto gpt that will make me a better runner I think it will before too long. How about any other tools that uh, that you might uh, use a lot, like maybe for pitch decks? And I was actually going to ask, funny enough, <laughs> yeah. for Andy, our amazing producer, are there any tools that maybe edit podcasts really fast and, and things like that? What do you know um, about what tools? The beautiful AI or Gamma? I use beautiful AI. Beautiful really cool. Yep. Yep. I think it's so expensive though. It's just so expensive. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 really great. When I started working when when I uh, resigned from my startup position and I started freelancing and I got my first like project interview, 
where I was supposed to tell how I can implement it for the brand, I was like, I'm going to make a, like a PowerPoint. And I have not done PowerPoints in like 10 years. Because if you are a photographer or a journalist, you never have to do PowerPoints. It's not what you do. So I didn't even know where to start. And I looked and you have to buy Microsoft something. And I was like, okay, is there anything AI? And I found beautiful AI. And you know, first, like, of course, you can use it for free. I don't know, for like one presentation or something. And it was so easy. I put everything in and then I deleted something and it just kind of rearranged itself so beautifully yeah. and fast. And I was like, wow, I can make this professional presentation that will look really like I am a professional. <laughs> Not someone who hasn't done a presentation in 10 years. So I did it. And honestly, the brand was just, they were so impressed. And there were a lot of people for my project mm -hmm. because I'm not the only one doing AI. And after they hired me, they said that that was the reason why they did it. They said, you put on so much work to prepare for our interview. And I was like, honestly, it took me like five minutes. Wow, that's beautiful AI. Yeah, and wow. now I think Beautiful AI shall sponsor me after this. Yeah, I think they should. We're going to send <laughs> they, this clip they to them. They don't know about my existence. But you know what? After that, every single meeting I come, I come with a Beautiful AI presentation. Anywhere I go, like I teach a lot. And now I teach at universities. I used to teach only at schools. Now I started being invited to teach at universities. It's like everywhere I come, I make a presentation because it takes so little of my time. And it looks so professional and great that it just kind of blows people's minds because they don't know beautiful AI yet. Mm -hmm. I'm sure in the year they'll be like, oh, okay, she made beautiful AI. I don't even remove the tag which says beautiful right, AI. Because right. <laughs> I think you need to upgrade even more to remove it. It's a very expensive product, very mm. expensive. But I think um, for now, because I don't know any other product like this, that would be so like have so many templates and it's really, really great. And it really like made me get so many jobs. Uh, so it was worth it. That's really so cool. Far. I need to I need to mess with that more. I, I love uh, I love the idea of being able to create my own pitch decks and things like that because I I really yeah, can't do it by it's, myself. It's really really good. Yeah. As for podcasts, you know, I actually don't know. I know that there are lots of like transcript and voice to something. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I haven't heard of any like podcast AI. The only one that I was looking at earlier was Descript. I've heard of people mention that. I don't know if you know that one. Mm -mm. No, okay. Yeah, Descript. No, they supposedly take out, out like they take out all the likes and the ums and the and the for sures. Ah, right, that's, that's a cool thing. Yeah. That was a that, that was a really joke cool. for Jenny because I say for sure a lot and people used to make fun of me all the time. For sure. But I want all of my like and uh, yeah. to be kept. Uh, you want it to be kept perfect, Andy. You <laughs> because got yeah, because there is DID, and <laughs> I don't know what that is. There, there, it's it's like an avatar. You can take a picture of me. Oh sure, and make it talk with my voice. Right. 
and it talks exactly. Yeah, like I have I have seen that. So you want if if someone's going to upload this, but audio. it doesn't do. Yeah, it's too perfect. It mm-hmm. doesn't do. Mm, it right. doesn't do hundred likes unless you write it. But then it's it's a little bit like that. But I I feel like very soon we will really like embrace all of those. Human. Yeah, I want to make one of myself so I can just type in and there's like a video of me saying whatever I wanted to say. I want that. I want that. <laughs> you can do yeah. it. It is also extremely expensive. That thing okay. is so expensive is that okay. I didn't I didn't take myself to do it, but I saw my friends doing it. Mm-hmm. They showed me it's impressive, but it's like uh, unbelievable. Unless you really need it for some reason, it's just so It's just a toy right now, yeah. Andy does have uh, individual audio tracks of all of us. If you did want your audio track, we could happily give it to you if that would help. <laughs> awesome. Well, this was a blast, Chris. I am a huge fan. I love watching your progress and I'm going to keep following you. Oh, one lady, you, you mentioned teaching at universities and I saw that you announced university of Miami that you're going to be teaching a class. Yeah. I, actually, I live down here. And uh, I wish I wish it was in person. Oh, okay. It's it gonna be yeah, yeah. I teach in person here in New York. Okay. I teach I will teach a class this week actually at Columbia University. Wow. And then I teach a class next week uh at uh, New York University, NYU. Uh the Miami one, I am very tempted, but it just takes time to fly back and forth. Yep. And my schedule is now just like really wow. busy. So I don't think, and it's just for like, I don't know, one hour class. Okay. So it's I a one time, one hour class. Yeah. I get invited to teach like a guest lecture mm-hmm. in different universities. Oh, that makes sense. It's like an already existing yeah. class and they bring you in. Yeah. Okay. It's usually because a lot of them don't, don't have like AI. Yeah. Yeah, they have something like modern, uh, like media or something like this. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. And, and then, if the professor really cares, they would invite someone who knows about AI to do a class. And uh, yeah, that happens to be. Oh, that's quoted. really cool. That shows how early we are still. There's no yes, classes. So early. Yes, yeah, so early. To the moon. To the moon. Let's go, <laughs> AI art. Yeah, this has been a pleasure. This has seriously been awesome, like learning about about AIR and um, all of the struggles that come along with that as well. Um, hopefully everybody who tuned into this enjoyed this episode. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate you. Yeah, do you have any final words, I guess, before we just end this? Or if you want to shout out any plugs or anything, whatever you want to talk about. Um- I just I just think that uh, if you are just starting AI, um, surround yourself with people who are supportive and who are like um, learning and growing. And I think um, th- there are quite a few AI communities in on social media. Uh, Facebook has one. There are groups. There are like AI groups on Facebook. LinkedIn is pretty good for um, AI. It's not very engaging, but there are a few groups that are very welcoming and kind. Twitter is a, like a massive AI community. I am I'm fond of it now. Um, Instagram is a bit less. I feel like that platform is a little bit dying. 
I kind of stopped really posting there anymore because I tried. I even tried to get verification, never heard from them. But uh, surprisingly, there are a few people who are succeeding and who are succeeding on Instagram. They usually post reels and they post videos almost like TikTok um, with AI animations and stuff. So it is possible. The only thing I would recommend just creating a new account because I think when you create a new account, the platform kind of boosts you a little bit. But if you have an old account, like my account is quite old and I don't really get a lot of visibility there. Like sometimes I would post something on Instagram and it would get like 10 likes. And then I post it on Twitter and it is viral. So that's kind of the the difference. But all platforms have people who are supportive and kind. So just find your tribe. Stick to those people, grow together, because now is the time. If you start learning AI now, in a year, you will be among experts. You will be able to teach people around you. And uh, even now, if you know a little bit, you can already teach your family. You can teach elderly people. Everyone has stories to tell. And AI is a great accessible technology for everyone. So just wishing you good luck. Um, anytime you can DM me on Twitter, I respond to everyone. Sometimes it takes me several days to get back, but I do try to respond to everyone. Awesome. Well, I was I was very happy when you responded to me. You were like, <laughs> "Yes, I'll do it." I was like, "Yes." It was awesome. I I do try my very best. It was awesome. You took a lot of time out of your day. We really appreciate it. Yes. All right. And with that said. Thank you all for tuning into this episode. We will catch you in the next one. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace.